Let's look today at the beauty of the book of Proverbs. A quick review of the previous book, Psalms. Psalms is the center of the Bible. It's also, it's a book of worship. Songs of worship to God. That is the center of every Christian's life. Out of a heart that has been loved and now loves this God, a heart that is in love will sing praises to God. So Psalms are just praises to God. The most wonderful thing any human can ever experience is to be loved by someone wonderful and to love someone wonderful. There's nothing greater. And that is Psalms. And a Christian has experienced this amazing love of God. That's why it's the center of the Bible. Today we come to the next book, which is Proverbs. And Proverbs is not so much about here, but about our life, our expression of our life to those around us. So the book of Proverbs is one of the few books in the Bible that actually states its purpose. In the second verse, it says the song, the Proverbs of Solomon, to know wisdom. That's the second verse already. The purpose that we may know wisdom. Proverbs is a really popular book. Maybe after Psalms, all of us have read Proverbs and go back to it and go back to it. It's easy to read. It causes all cultures, just about any age you can read it. You know, it's about daily life. It's not about worship in the temple, the tabernacle. It's just about life at home, life in the office, life on the street, daily life. So we feel very comfortable with this book. There are no characters like prophets, like, oh, who's a prophet or a priest, a king, nothing of that sort. Just ordinary people. In fact, there are a lot of people in Proverbs you can recognize. The nagging wife, the aimless youth. You can recognize all these characters around you. That's why Proverbs is so popular, just like Psalms, very day-to-day, so-called mundane things. So it's a guide to know how to live well in God's world, in God's way. Now the word proverb comes from two words, right? Pro and verb. Pro is always for. I'm pro. I'm pro you, not anti you. All right, I'm pro. Verb is the word for. Um, verb means word. Verbal is verbal. It's a lot of words. Okay, so for and word. So what does proverb mean? It simply means there is a word for something. There is a catchy phrase for something, right? So that's all it means in English, proverb, okay? So we have a lot of catchy phrases that can teach us a lot of things for different situations. That's all it means, words for different situations. Now, the purpose is we may have wisdom. Now, I want you to clear, be clear in your understanding of the word wisdom in the Bible. The word wisdom in Hebrew is kokmah. You don't need to learn how to spell it. Kokmah 
means practical wisdom or what you and I would call life skills. There's a new word we use now, life skills. How to be a good husband, how to be a good wife, a good mom. Those are life skills. How to be a good friend, how to be a good colleague in the office. You know, those are life skills, practical life skills. So that's what basically wisdom is. It's not this intellectual thing, you know, the wise guy, the thinker, the philosopher. The idea of a wise guy is a guy who sits in a room and does his PhD research. No, no, no. Absolutely opposite of that. A Christian must be, have life skills to live a life pleasing to God and to others. Except these life skills are more than just what world calls life skills, but it's life skills with in God's perspective, as God sees us. Okay, so it's got a slightly different perspective. Now, the source of this wisdom is found in Proverbs 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the source of wisdom. So how do we get this wisdom? By fearing the Lord. What do you mean by fear? Is it tremble, terror? No, no, no. It means reverence, awe of God. So how do we get this fear of God? Is basically, how do we get this wisdom? Is to reverence God, to realize God is the creator. He is our maker. And if he's our maker, he's wise, and he has the right to make rules for our life. So wisdom is, the, the, the kind of wisdom we want is comes from fearing God. You realize that the rules you don't make yourself. This, is, this was found in Genesis chapter 2. There were two trees in the Garden of Eden. One was called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What does that mean? As I explained earlier, it's a tree to tell us, teach us the truth that don't touch that tree. Don't you ever decide what is good or evil. Let God decide that. You don't touch that tree. You cannot eat from that tree. That belongs to God. All right? So what this is the same thing. When we realize if God made us, he has the right to tell us what is good and what is evil. Man doesn't like that. Man likes to make his own rules. Okay? But if you know if there's a machine and there's a maker, the maker, the manufacturer's instructions, you better follow. If you don't follow the manufacturer's, manufacturer's instructions, the machine will break down. If you follow the instructions, the machine will work properly. So the same, if we follow our maker's instructions of what is right and wrong, how to behave, we will live well in this world. Okay? So I hope you understand that. Basically, wisdom is learning how to live in God's will, following God's wise rules. Now, the book of Proverbs is not like other books where it's given directly by God. Thus said the Lord, like you build this tabernacle, thus said the Lord, you do this, you don't do that. Right? It's like God gives a prophet the word, the prophet gives the word out. Proverbs is basically the accumulated wisdom of mankind through the ages put together 
sometimes by the thinking of a man like Solomon, sometimes by Solomon collecting this right sayings and wisdom and puts it in this book, right? Writes it down. And then God selects what is from this collection of wisdom and God decides this, I want to put in my book. So it is not directly from God. It is God giving man wisdom. Man comes out with his sayings and then God picks out those and puts in the book. So that's how Proverbs are different from other books where it's direct revelation from God. This is like God gives you wisdom, then it goes through a human process and then God selects what to put in. All right? So in a very strict sense, Proverbs must be treated differently from promises of the Bible. Example, huh? a proverb is a general truth. You cannot take it as a promise. Let me give you an example. Proverbs 16 verse 3 says, Commit thy work unto the Lord, and your plans shall be established. So you commit your project to God, and your plan shall be established. I don't find that true all the time. Often I commit it to God, a new project, and I'm confused. I don't know what plan to make. Sometimes my plans are wrong left and right, right? So this proverb, this general statement, has exceptions, okay? It's not a promise. A promise is very different. Whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Whoever believes will have everlasting This are no. Not everybody who commits his work to the Lord, his plans will be established. Let's take another one, right? The fear of the Lord prolongeth life, but the years of the wicked are shortened. Now, generally, that is true. If you fear God, you don't get into bad habits. You don't get into a lot of stress and quarrel with your wife. You probably live longer. But that's not true all the time. Some good people die very young. Some awful people, wicked people, live long. So remember, cannot take the Proverbs as a promise of God, but they are general truths with many exceptions. As you realize, Job was a classic case. We just studied that two lessons ago. Job was a good man. He suffered a lot, right? He was an exception. Okay, so we even the next book, Ecclesiastes, where Solomon writes later, you know, you see his as a wise man, he, he was miserable as a dog, all right? And he had such an empty life. So the world is not so simple as we learn in Job. You cannot make simplistic rules in a complex world with different people in it, different interactions. You cannot just make simple rules. If you can make simple rules for a country, for example, then you can, a child can rule a country, right? No, ruling a country is very complicated. Sometimes you need a judge, you pay millions of dollars to be able to make the right decision. And it's not straightforward. It's not black and white. It's one and one is two. No, each case varies, okay? So again, remember our proverbs are probabilities, not promises. Now, who wrote this? Mostly Solomon. Mostly, not all. And Solomon, of course, was the wisest man in the 
Bible, God says he's the wisest man. He, when he was a young man, he was going to be king. He prayed not for long life, not for riches, not for power, and, but he prayed for wisdom from God. And God said, wow, you pray for wisdom, I will give you wisdom. And he was a really wise man. And the Bible tells us he wrote 3,000 Proverbs, 1,000 Psalms. He knew all about plants and animals and all kinds. He was a source of knowledge and wisdom. But in his later life, when he didn't use his wisdom to make more power for himself, get more wives for himself, he lost his wisdom. To me, he lost it completely. I mean, if you marry 700 wives, you definitely, to me, rank as a moron, you know? I mean, uh, and, and 300 concubines. You know, it's like, the, you, are, you tell me I eat uh, 10 pigs a day. Is that a good life? I say, you're a moron. Something wrong with you. Okay? Too much of anything is crazy. Okay? So, he obviously lost his wisdom. But nonetheless, at this point, he still had quite a bit when he collected all this. In fact, Solomon has three writings in the Bible. Song of Solomon, probably written when he was very young, falling in love with women all the time, all right, like a young guy. Proverbs, probably written in middle age. And Ecclesiastes, written at the end of his life, when he looked back at his life and said, oh my, what have I done with my life? Okay, so three different stages of his life. Proverbs probably written when he was an adult. If you have kids and he was seeing his kids all go messed up, probably uh, we know his son real was something wrong with the guy. And he was the best of all his thousands or maybe hundreds of sons. I don't know. Nobody knows how many sons he had. He doesn't even know how many sons he had, right? So he probably saw his kids all messed up and he, he decided I better collect all the proverbs and put it for my kids, you know, and it was too late anyway, okay? So that's the author of this book. The style is parallelism, which we learn in Psalms, okay? It's not by rhyme, but it is by parallels, okay? So let me read to you uh, Proverbs, okay? And you can see the parallelism. Maybe you can see it so clearly in Psalms. You would see it very clearly in Proverbs. Proverbs 14, verse 12. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but... The end thereof are the ways of death. You see the contrast? First phrase and second phrase. Parallel ideas, okay? Even in laughter, the heart is sorrowful. And the end of that mirth is heaviness. Two sentences, parallel ideas. Could be synonymous. It could be anti-ideas. But they are all about the same thought. The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways, and a good man shall be satisfied from himself. Synonymous, eh? The simple believes every word, but the prudent man looks wise to his going. So I hope you can see the parallelism, eh? So Hebrew poetry is always about parallel. That's why you must read Proverbs aloud. And Better still, listen to a good reader reading Proverbs. Then you see the parallelism, okay? I did it this morning in less than, I think, two hours, maybe less. 
I finished listening to the entire 31 chapters of Proverbs. Very nice uh, to hear the parallelism. And you see, the purpose of these Proverbs were people will keep listening to them. The parents give you these Proverbs. You listen to them. And as you learn how to repeat these Proverbs, sort of automatically, because it's easy to remember a proverb, it, you then, having right thoughts, chances are when a situation comes, you will have a right response, a right behavior. That's the purpose of Proverbs. Okay? So, now let's just look at the structure of the book of Proverbs. Basically, there are three parts. The first part, we call it introduction, is from chapter 1 to chapter 9. The second part is from chapter 10 to 29. There's an actual Proverbs of Solomon. A lot of these parallelisms you will see there. Then the closure is chapter 30 to 31. Okay, so when you say Proverbs, it's only chapter 10 to 29. There are really Proverbs, which you and I would call Proverbs, parallelism, catchy phrases. Introduction, chapter 1 to 9, is actually not Proverbs. There were 10 speeches from a father to a son. Probably Solomon to a son of his. Okay? 10 speeches. A father literally pleading with a son to listen. Pleading to the son not to do something foolish in his youth. Pleading to the son over and over again. You see the word, my son, my son, my son. Just like a father begging his son. I think 17 times in these few verses, right? These few chapters that Solomon keeps saying, My son, be careful of this. My son, do this. So, 10 speeches from Solomon to us, his one of his sons. Then, the last part of the introduction is very interesting. It's not speeches, it's poems. Poems about wisdom. For Poems about wisdom, chapter 8 and 9. And you read it. Of course, in English, it doesn't sound like poetry to you, but it is poems. And it actually is about wisdom being personified as if wisdom was a wise mother or wise lady. Okay? So it's called wisdom personified as a woman. So it's like, Wow, wisdom is not an abstract thing. It's like a mother saying, I did this. I was there when the world was made. I was there when the seas were made. I was there when all these things were made. I was there. All right? So it's like, who is this? It's God's wisdom, but personified as a person. Okay? So, basically, the idea for us in this personification is to see that it's like a mother making a house. Everything was, she planted nicely here, she planted nicely there, she did it nicely here. Everything she did, she did with wisdom, making it. It's like God was making this. If I was to think of God, it's like a farm. Think of a woman 
restructuring things. You can see your mother making your house nice, preparing very good food for you. Everything's working beautifully in your house. The kids are behaving well. Wow, you know, you can picture. So basically, this is a picture of when everything was made, it was wisely made by this person. Actually, it's God. Huh? But God made it with wisdom in everything he did. So that's so true, you know, because when you look at the universe, there is everything in the universe seems made with so much wisdom. As a doctor, for me, I look at a cell. It is so amazing. One tiny cell is so beautifully, intricately made. Every part of that cell supports the other part, protects the you know, it's like, there's ecology in a cell. There's ecology in an organ like a heart or a kidney. There's an ecology in the whole circulatory system. Everything is like so perfect. It's like the whole one human body is like, whoa, who could have made this one human being? Actually, who could have made one cell for that matter? Let alone the world, the universe. Oh, Wisdom was made in everything, ecology of the sea, in the mountains, in the way clouds form, everything is like, oh, it just goes on and on, perfect clockwork, right? Wisdom, stamped, just like you go to a house of a well-run house and you can see the mother's stamp on everything. In the world, you see God's stamp of wisdom on everything. So the introduction is about a father teaching, begging his son to listen to wisdom. And it's like my mother demonstrating this wisdom. Okay. Then we come to the bulk of it, chapter 10 to 29. It's the real Proverbs, so to speak. And it just covers every topic of life. Mundane, it could be family, marriage, community, your friendships, things like sex, it's there, it's like money, how you use it, how you borrow money, how you lend money, how you forgive, how you control your temper, how you control your tongue, how you drink alcohol, everything in life, literally every aspect of life is covered in this the wisdom to handle these different things of life. There's nothing much to talk about because when you read it, you can understand most of it. Then the last part, the conclusion, is very interesting. It's two people. One is called Eger. A-G-U-R. Who in the world is he? We don't know. He's probably not an Israelite. That's not an Israelite name. All right. And the other is a guy called King Lemuel. So chapter 30 and 31 ends again. Not typical Proverbs. But eager sharing that he says in chapter 30, verse 2 or 3, I'm a fool. I'm a stupid man. He said, brutish, like animal, stupid, right? But I learned wisdom from God's word, chapter 30, verse 5. So in eager, we see a model student. You see, the son, the father had to plead with him to listen. But in Eger, he was a model student. He was born not very smart, not very wise, but he learned from God's word to be wise. So 
Then Lemuel, he's a king, and he talks about how to rule. But the last part of Lemuel's speech is about a woman, I think, his mother. And he's saying, my, my mother was such a role model. And actually, in Lemuel chapter 31, it's what we call an acrostic poem. Acrostic is the first line of the poem starts with an A in the Hebrew alphabet, second line starts with a B, and it goes on. And that's how they could memorize the, the poem easier. Okay, so here we have the ends up with a model woman. Everything about her, she will take care of her house, she will wake up early you know she prepares things well she works well okay so it's like Lemuel saying i i'm a king i learned to rule but you know who was my role model my mother and then it ends there i think it's his mother as a woman anyway now my point is this why is this funny thing it starts with solomon pleading with his son a father pleading with his son it ends with a king saying, this woman, wow, this woman, wow. I think God is telling us a lot of our wisdom we can learn from our parents. Okay? There's so much to learn from our parents. In, in most cultures, it tells us, you know, your parents are wiser, they've eaten more salt, and they've eaten rice, things like that. It's basically to tell you, there's so much wisdom. They may not be as educated as us. Education keeps going upwards. Young people now have degrees that parents never even had. But wisdom, you've got to look at your parents. They've gone through life. So basically, we can look to God for wisdom. We can look to our parents for wisdom. And parents are given to us. So I think that's what this psalm ending with a mom, starting with a father teaching a son, I think this is really what uh, the purpose is. Now, what have we learned from this book of Proverbs about God, which is always our goal? We learn that God, we always talk about the holy God, the powerful God. In Proverbs, you realize the wise God. There's a stamp of wisdom in everything he created. In Psalm 19, it says that heavens declare the glory of God, right? The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament showeth his head, it shows everything you look around you, the world. The whole of Psalm 19 is about the amazing creation that God has made. There's a stamp of wisdom on it. So what are we learning in Proverbs about God? So wise, so amazingly wise. People think Proverbs is a book to make me wise. No, Proverbs is basically to realize I must be wise like my super wise God. So we have so many aspects of God. Okay? And when people still question God, why God you do this? Do you know how wise he is? How he made the things up there for eternity? Could any engineer, could any scientist make all this? Can any machinery last for thousands and thousands of years as the universe has? It's a wise God. Okay? So I hope that when we read the book of Proverbs, it's about wisdom. Wisdom of whom? God first and 
foremost and we made in his image should reflect that wisdom of God. So we have worship in Psalms, heart full of love for the one who loved me and I am in love. So I sing. A man in love sings praises, sings love songs. Okay, And then Proverbs tells us, don't just love, love, love. Right? Be wise. So head and heart. The Christian. Okay? So I hope you will see this beautiful book. It's perfect place in God's book. And may you, every day as you look around nature, see your finger and say, Wow, what wisdom. What a wise God. Thank you, God. God bless you.